to the Literary Cat Cast, a podcast that merges literature with cats. I'm your host, Phoebe Phillips. This episode is taken from an out of print book titled Charles, the Story of a Friendship by distinguished British publisher Michael Joseph. Copyright is 1952. It is set in London in 1930. For a bit of background, Mr. Joseph and his family loved cats and had several. However, at the time, Siamese cats were quite a rarity. As Mr. Joseph writes, I've had large families of cats, among them many memorable personalities. I've been greatly attached to perhaps a dozen cats in the past 20 years. But of all my cats, there has never been a cat like my first Siamese. Charles O'Malley. This book picks up in chapter two on page 18. And oh yes, what's a story without a cup of tea? I can hear my tea kettle going off. And now, more of the literary cat cast. Soon after we returned to our London home in the neighborhood of Regent's Park in 1930, the question of Charles' name was finally settled. This important matter was debated by all members of the family. The naming of our pets is always a serious responsibility, not to be lightly undertaken. The naming of cats is an almost infallible guide to the degree of affection bestowed on a cat. Perhaps not affection so much as true appreciations of feline character. You may be reasonably sure when you meet a cat called Ginger, or merely Puss, that his or her owner has insufficient respect for his cat. Such plebeian and unimaginative names are not given to cats by true cat lovers. There is a world of difference between the commonplace Tabby and the dignified and sonorous Tabitha Longclaw's Tiddlywink, which the poet Thomas Hood christened his cat and her three kittens, called Pepperpot, Scratchaway, and Sudikins, reveal an affectionate interest which is never displayed by such ordinary names as Sandy or Mickey. We cannot all rise, of course, to Britain's poet laureate Robert Southey's hides. He, you may remember, called his cat the most noble, the Archduke Rumpelstiltskin, Marcus McBum, Earl Tom Lafayne, Baron Ratticide, Wowler, and Scratch, all for one cat. When summoning his excellency to a saucer of milk, no doubt Rumpel sufficed, but Southey undoubtedly had the right idea. Not that grandiloquent or fancy titles are necessary to a true appreciation of cats. What could be more dignified or appropriate than the name of Dr. Johnson's cat, Hodge? And the handsome Bedfordshire cat, who is mentioned later in this story, is admirably suited by his name of Albert. Without doubt, the names given to individual cats shed interesting light on their human owners. No one but a true cat lover could call his cat Gilderoy, Absalom, Potiphar, Wotan, Feathers, 
or Shaw de Purse. It may be thought that such elegant names are difficult to live up to, and it is true that in ordinary usage, even the most fervent cat lover will use a convenient abbreviation. But I am sure every true cat lover will agree that there are times when nothing less than the full ceremonial titles will serve. But I must return to Charles. Charles O'Malley. And this is surely the right moment to inform the reader that such was his registered name. It was not my idea. I was lunching with Charles Graves, to whom I explained that I wanted something quite unoriental for my amusing, mischievous little cat. Why not Charles O'Malley, the Irish dragoon? he said. So Charles O'Malley, without the Irish dragoon, for that would have been too fanciful. It was. The meows for this episode were voiced by a nine-year-old Siamese ragdoll, appropriately named Prince William. He lives in Dallas, Texas, and is a well-known catnip connoisseur. To have your cat's meows featured on an episode, visit our website, theliterarycatcast.com. While there, check out the photos and links to the featured book and the photo of the featured cat. And whatever you're listening on, we'd love a five-paw review. This is recorded at Phoebe's Holland Avenue Studio in Dallas, Texas. See you next time.